Hello and welcome to the Dorm Room Dispute Podcast. Marshall is back, ladies and gentlemen. Good stop, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, sir. A round of applause. We got the zany FM sound effects here because we got the new sound mixer. So you just got to, I don't oh, know if you can hear it, but you just got some, a big round of applause did, from our big audience. I did not hear. I'll, I'm, I'm doing a standing ovation. Yes, uh, yes. Thank so, you. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it to all the loyal loyal fans, especially Ollie. Ollie was the only one who asked. He was like, oh, are you, you going to do the podcast again? Yes, I am, Ollie. Well, there you know you what? We're going to throw you right into the fire since you're here. Uh, you got some explaining to do for your linebacker, Vaughn Miller, who apparently does oh, not respect my Lord. Uh, women, or I guess this one woman in general. I'm not going to throw all women out there. But, yeah, um, go, uh, the floor is yours. Defend or maybe not defend. I don't know. For those of you who haven't seen it on uh, on Twitter or Instagram, Instagram definitely yeah. look it up. But, yeah, Marshall, go ahead. What do you, you got to say for yeah, yourself? Yeah, well – First of all, I'm going to slap a whole allegedly uh, sticker on this situation because, uh, first of all, so here's the first clue. Well, I don't think this is real. I don't think it's real. No. Clue okay. number one. Clue number one. There were multiple screenshots, one of which was in light mode of texting, like the iMessage, one of which was in dark mode. Do you know anyone who, like, on a whim, just like switches on like a weekly or monthly basis. Absolutely not. I had my iPhone and I got it and it was in light mode and I switched to dark mode after I, as soon as I got it and I was like, I like this better. And I've never swayed. People pick one or the other. It's not like it's a thing. Same with Twitter. You got light mode or you got dark mode. You pick one and people usually pit it against each other in this heated debate of light or dark mode. So that's the first one who switches back and forth. Don't think it's true. Second of all, the text was not a text. Uh, it was not like a number. It was not a phone number. It was an email. It was vonmiller40 at outlook.com. I do see that. Yeah, I have it pulled up right now. That is true. Yeah, exactly. It's outlook.com. And I texted him saying, uh, can I get a free signed jersey? And he hasn't responded. But I don't think that's real. Do you think that, you know, like, uh, first of all, you're an athlete. You're not using use Outlook, man. No Outlook. That's no good. Second of all, like, that's probably fake if it was like a phone number maybe i mean it's easily fakeable anyways but like that seems like a bad job of faking something third of all he's a chicken farmer and a very nice man i don't think he would say these nasty nasty things to this woman and he said that uh he said that um uh it was fake in his on his own story and he said because the whole thing happened where he said some allegedly nasty things to this woman um, because he got like a new girlfriend and then his ex was like going crazy, which not to gaslight all women saying that women are crazy or anything. Um, yeah, I don't know, but I will say this. I will say this. It is a bad look for him. Uh, if it's true, uh, he said some interesting things. Uh, and, uh, but, the, but finally it was like, all right, it's like not that big of a deal, you know? We play a team twice a year, and their guy who everyone loves, whose name is right with Tyreek uh, Till, uh, beat the crap out of his pregnant girlfriend in college and got kicked off Oklahoma State and then, uh, like, kicked a woman later in his NFL career. So, like, as long as there was no hands-on-hands violence... It's whatever. I don't really care that much. But yeah, there's my there's my there's my defense. Well, uh, we'll go full blown TMZ on you here. They they have been dating. They've been dating a few years back. They've been in, in mm-hmm. an awful relationship, according to multiple outlets. Now I do say that the text thing 
is a little suspicious. Yeah, that's like like the light dark mode thing is kind of a joke, and the last one's kind of a joke. But like that number, like seems like extremely fake. Yeah, I. Mm, that's tough. There's some, I don't know. I will say this though: the whole. I mean, I I agree with you with the Tyreek Hill thing. Like he shouldn't be playing. But i there, there's some. There's some pretty bad stuff in here, so I wouldn't be like, well, boys are boys, if Tyreek Hill gets away yeah, with Yeah, well, it. no, no, yeah, I, I get it. I understand. I'm like, it's not a good look. It's definitely just kind of weird, and like, you know. He seems pretty unhinged in this, though. Like, it doesn't sound, I, I don't know. It sounds like a crazy like, person. Yeah, I, I don't know about that. You would think an athlete of their caliber, they're used to getting, you know, a, a woman or two knocked up now and then. Yes, you think exactly. they have their emergency plan in place. Yeah, but, and, yeah. We'll, we'll go to some more some more drama <laughs> elsewhere. Uh, so the breaking news out of Sunday. It was a wild week 17, but Nate Sudfeld yeah. did more for the Washington football team than any other quarterback on their roster. Uh, he got them into the playoffs, and yeah. it, was kind of a, it was kind of a head-scratcher. I mean, they were in a very close game. Uh, Jalen Hurts was, you know, he wasn't playing well by any means, but he was he had them in the game. He gave them a one of the best chances to win and they randomly throw in their third string QB so they can give them reps which seems like a head scratcher uh, I'll give your th- I have some strong opinions on here we'll get your you yes, can give your yes. thoughts first on what you think of the whole thing but uh, yes. yeah go ahead so I have two big reasons why I think this was an incredibly stupid decision and or tanking I honestly don't know if it's tanking I think Doug Peter first of all Doug Doug Peterson, the fact that people even are debating whether it's taking, tanking, whether he's saying it's good, is a problem in, the, in it of itself. But there are two big reasons why I think this was, like, dumb, and I think there's, like, grounds for people to um, allege that it was tanking. Uh, so the first one, like, okay, Drew Locke, right? That's the biggest question in Denver. Is like, is he the guy? Are we drafting someone? Are we signing someone? Are we trading for someone? And the biggest and a lot of people in the Broncos country, including myself, I was really disappointed that he got hurt against the Steelers and that he had the COVID thing against the Saints and was not able to play because we're trying to evaluate him as a quarterback. Yeah, he blew up the Panthers, but anyone can. He put up 31 against the Raiders. That's not that difficult. But he had two opportunities against the Saints and the Steelers, two of the top-tier defenses in the NFL. And I'm like, I want to see what my potential 2021 starter can do against that. And that's exactly what the Eagles had in this game. They had Jalen Hurts. Is he the guy? Are they drafting? Like, like is it Carson Wentz? Are they going to have to fix that relationship? What are we going to do with Jalen Hurts? He's only played, what, three, four games? And you have a good defense with a good pass rush and a good secondary who's trying to make it into playoffs in a must-win game. This would be the perfect time to evaluate your potential 21 starter. He's only He hasn't even played half a season, and this would be a good idea because you don't even know if you don't even know if you're gonna have OTAs. There's no guarantee for preseason next year. He might get thrown into the fire next year. So this is a good time to say, hey, if he stinks it up and can't win us this game, if he can win us this football game, then he deserves a real shot at our starter next year. So that's why it's like to 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 not evaluate him in this game and to take him out is stupid, especially you know mid game or whatever. Second of all, you have three quarterbacks on your roster, and you have Doug Peterson has now alienated. All of them. Yeah. We already know what happened with Carson Wentz. Like, there apparently there's like a huge rift in the relationship. They do just got signed to a big contract, and now they're thinking of he wants to request a trade because he hates being in Philadelphia. 
You got Jalen Hurts, who's a competitor, trying to prove himself on a new team as a rookie, and you bench him when they're down 17-14 to 14 in a very winnable football game. And then you have Nate Sunfeld. I don't even know who this dude is. I don't know where he came from, but he got thrown in cold turkey to the wolves. You're feeding him to Chase Young. He looked like a deer in the headlights when they had that strip sack fumble uh, in, in, uh, on the, like, the low snap or whatever in the fourth quarter. So they have three quarterbacks who are not happy, and especially Jalen Hurts. I'll go back to the point. Is he your 2021 starter? He was visibly frustrated and angry that he got taken out. Yeah. And so it's just dumb all around. Well, there was reports that there was multiple players that had to be held back from confronting Doug mm-hmm, Peterson. Mm-hmm. And this is what ticks me off. And now, listen, if I was a Giants fan, the fan of me, I'd be mad that you missed the playoffs. But, like, as far as that goes, like, it's our division yeah. rival. Win some more games. Don't start the season 1-7. Yeah, yeah, and you're seven. 6 and 10. So like, you really don't yeah, have a yeah. gripe there. It shouldn't have come down to that point. But regardless, it would, and you, you touched on it. This is what Carson Wentz has been having to deal with. Doug Peterson is a boob. Like, what the <laughs> hell is he doing? Yeah. You have practice for a reason. You can evaluate Nate Sudfeld at practice. You know he's not your guy. Like, well, what what are you doing? Like you said, this is a perfect time to evaluate what you have in Jalen Hurts. And you, you've won. You go for it on fourth down, which was a bad decision enough. Like, you're in yeah, the red zone. Yeah. He got you in scoring position. Bad. And then you're going to trust the rookie quarterback to make that throw. But like you said, you're paying Carson Wentz all this money. And I can see why that relationship's fractured. I wouldn't want to play for him. Like, that, that's not how you treat these guys that are going out there busting their ass trying to win. Yeah. You're just going to piss yeah. away the game like that. Throwing Nate Sudfeld. It's not fair to Nate Sudfeld either because he, he got thrown in a horrible situation against a great pass yeah. rush, cold turkey. He looked horrible, and now he's getting ripped across the headlines, and he's like, hey, I just wanted to be a backup quarterback. Imagine yeah, he's, just to, he's just happy to make the roster, That man. man would have been pelted with batteries by the Philadelphia people, but, like, like <laughs> you just paid Carson Wentz all this money. You, 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 should want, you should want to value that relationship, and he clearly pissed away. He hasn't done him any favors. I hope... And, you know, a lot of people are saying, like, oh, you know what? He's being a baby wanting to be traded. Maybe he is. Maybe he's not. But, like, it's not a good situation there. I hope he goes to Indy where he has Frank Reich, and that's where he had his yeah, best Frank season Reich, Frank yeah. Reich with all those weapons. But, like, that that was that was a disgrace. And, like, you, yeah. you got guys going out there and you're actively tanking. And it was, okay, it would have been one thing if it was for the number one pick or, like, the number two. Yes, like a yeah, yeah, I totally you agree. You moved up from, like, the nine to six. Great. Yeah, nine you to get six, the, yeah. You get the first best corner back instead of the second best corner back. Whoopee. Like, come on now. Yeah. You lost all trust in your locker room. The linemen look distraught. They're all giving them dirty looks. You saw Jalen Hurts. That was that was Yeah, and like, two things from a purely strategical draft position, like, they're probably going to sign a wide receiver or draft a wide receiver and, like, you know, they're Justin Jefferson was late first round. Like, you'll be fine. Second of all, make no mistake... If COVID was not a thing and it was packed full of Philadelphia Eagle fans, that is not happening. Absolutely not. The dude would get booed off the field. He wouldn't even make it out of the parking lot if he consciously pulled Jalen Hurts, who the Eagles fans, rightfully so, like so far. I mean, he beat the Saints after all. Um, And also, a lot of people are like, oh, well, the Chiefs and the Steelers rested their quarterbacks. It's the same thing. No, it's not. If you truly... If you truly think it's the same thing, you have a smooth brain. It's totally different circumstances. Yeah, I think it was dumb. I mean, it's an indictment on maybe even if Doug Peterson was not tanking, 
that's like, dude, it looked so bad. You're like, you're such a bad head coach. It looked like you were oh, trying to. I don't know what he will. I don't. I haven't think. I think it's been a bad year for him altogether. Like, you have a quarterback who's a dark horse MVP candidate, and he has regressed beyond belief ever since Frank Reich, mm-hmm. was, which tells me Frank Reich was the one pulling the strings there, not Doug Peterson. I, I mean, I. And Jalen Hurts, yeah. are we really sold on Jalen Hurts yet? Like, because the week before he turned it over three times in the red zone, like that, like you said, perfect time to evaluate. Yeah, exactly. You don't know it's what like, you have in Jalen Hurts yet, and you're going to exactly. trade away Carson Wentz. You no paid all this idea. money to when you don't know he's this answer. It was, I mean, we could harp on this. Congratulations to Washington, though. I mean, that that was a yeah, fitting yeah, end to the NFC East. The we NFC talked about that East, yeah, absolutely. Last week, but like, come on. Now, all right. Next thing I want to talk about. I was going through the Twitter on uh, Friday night while watching the college football playoff, and I came across a tweet from one of our friends on the Unhinged Network on the High Low Podcast that said they wanted to expand the college football playoff, which I think is a bad idea to begin with. But not just to eight teams, which, like I said, would be bad, to 32 teams. You know, after going back and forth for a while, we decided to have Kelsey of the High Low Sports Podcast Join us today, uh, and uh, we'll settle the argument on here. First off, thank you for joining us, Kelsey. Hey, man, it's, it's I'm excited to be here. Look, I love you guys' show. You guys have some great energy. So I was always, when you guys offered the opportunity, I was like, oh, heck yeah. I'll, I happily will jump on. Plus, it's something I'm a little passionate about, so you know. All right, so let me be clear here. I think the current college football system is a joke. Like, it's a broken system. I don't think the playoffs worked out like they wanted to. But I think by adding more teams – it's just going to make it worse. Like it's going to, it's going to go to an eight-team playoff, which is going to be bad enough. You suggested on Twitter you wanted a thirty-two-team playoff. So here's why. I, here's my problem with that. I think more does not equal fairness. We're already going to know. We know the results. What they're going to be. It's going to be a blowout. Like already, the one and four matchups are horrible. Like we get flawed four seeds this year with Notre Dame. Flawed team. Not a. It was the best of a lot of bad options. We had Oklahoma a couple years with 125th ranked defense in the country. Bad team. Oh, Alabama, non-conference champ. So now you add you adding more you adding more teams. You're just going to get even bigger blowouts. The margin of victory is going to be even wider. It's going to be a horrible game. It's going to be demoralizing teams, and it's not going to be a good product to watch. Like eventually, we're just prolonging a result that we are we already know the outcome. It's just going to take longer to get there with much worse games. So I, I'll give you the floor here. What? Why is extending it a good idea? Well, okay. So after after saying thirty two, let me go ahead and just correct myself. I do mean sixteen. I mean to completely copy the FCS standard of playoffs. Um, so, which if you know, for I agree with you completely that I think this fourteen playoff is kind of a joke if we look at it. And- <laughs> Unfortunately, I had to edit this in post-production. My damn equipment batteries went on and off, so I cut off his portion of the answer here, which really pisses me off because he had a pretty good explanation for it. So I'm going to do the best I can to fill it in before we jump back to the rest of the interview. Basically, he's saying he wants to go to the FCS playoff-style format. And for those of you who don't know how it works, so for those of you who don't know how it works, uh, it's a 2014 playoff in which eight team gets buys, uh, and every conference that wants a reserve bid can have one. Meaning the championship pass, there's a championship pass for almost every program, uh, basically. And his argument is it's going to make the parity in the game better. So I apologize for the audio cutting out there. 
uh, we will resume the interview from where it was after that point. But, okay, you, you say it's going to help the parody in the league. And my, my problem would be, like, if I'm a recruit and I'm looking at these games, like, I think it's going to hurt teams more than it sees. Like, I, saw, I say I see San Jose State. They make the playoff. And I'm thinking about going there. And then they just get taken to the woodshed by a powerhouse like a Clemson. And I was I'm like, well, look at the talent gap between the two. I don't want to go there. Like, I, I think it's going to hurt these teams more than it's going to help them because it's gonna, people are going to do talent gap is going to be exposed. They look at San Jose State playing in a playoff, getting national televised opportunities against a team that they normally wouldn't match up against. And if I'm a if I'm a kid from California and that's around that 99 to 105 ranking and I'm not going to a big school, but USC is offering me and San Jose State's offering me. And I see San Jose State's bringing back a whole bunch more kids that are on that team that that just made the playoffs. I'm going to be like, I could offer something to that team. I'm going to go be in the playoffs. Maybe we can get a 14 seed next year. Maybe we can get a 12 seed. Maybe we can get higher. And that's something to think about is, it, you know, it happens all the time in college basketball. Teams would never, ever have had an opportunity had they not had expanded to 64 teams. You know, they were always being shut out because there was only one team from that conference that got to go, and it was either them or St. Mary's, and they were always getting shut out by St. Mary's. So, you know, Gonzaga, now the number one team in the nation, it's an argument to be made that just letting somebody in the playoffs does a lot more for the benefit of the future. And then as far as the scheduling goes, let's be honest. Cream Puffs are scheduled all the time. They're a bye week for most teams. As Alabama considers, anytime they play somebody from, let's say, Louisiana Lafayette for that matter, that's a bye week for them. That's the, you know, they're like, oh, whatever. <laughs> we can throw our backups and we'll beat them. So what the, what the going the expanded playoffs does, it's a four-week playoff. You play only nine games in your regular season and you play a 10th conference championship. That limits it to literally you're only playing your league. So your own SEC is only playing SEC and Pac-12 is only playing Pac-12 and Big 12 is only playing Big 12. Big 10 is only playing Big 10. So you kill each other. It doesn't matter how bad your records go, but you kill each other during the regular season, and then you play for a conference championship. So you're at 10 games going to the playoffs. That's actually two better than you would be normally. Normally they play 12 games, and then they go in the playoffs and end up with 14. So you play 10 games, and then you have a bye week if you're a seeded team. You only play 13 games if you make it to a championship. You're taking an extra game away from these kids from getting hurt. And on top of it, you're also benefiting them by only having them play their in-competition in conference competition. So they stopped playing these stupid cream puff teams and they stopped doing this pay to play crap. But now we, we might lose a little bit because we don't see an Appalachian state anymore, you know, upsetting Michigan, but let's be honest. I'd rather see an Appalachian state upsetting Michigan in the playoffs than an uh, Appalachian state upsetting Michigan in the regular season. I, well, I think a playoff game where I, I, I don't think you'd see as many upsets. Like I know I understand the basketball reference, but I think that's a sport that's more built for upsets. Cause you got a school like Murray state, but John Moran, you have one good player, and you're going to be able to pull off an upset because there's five guys on the court. Where in football, one recruit or one player is not changing the whole outcome of the game. So I think the whole upset argument, like, the, yeah, it could happen in theory, but I doubt it. As it is right now, between the one and four seed, and these are the well, one and four seed, it's a 17, it's nearly 18 points, 17.8 point differential in the games between the one and four seed. So I think there wouldn't be nearly any upsets. And... As far and I like I actually I do like the taking you you suggested taking the cream puffs out of the schedule. It's just a lot of these schools wouldn't go for it because 
you know, like the Sisters of the Poor or whatever college it is. I mean, that's their, that's what make, that's what, they, when they go up to get beat down by Oklahoma or whoever it is, that's like, yeah, that's don't their miss money that $5 million dollar stimulus. Yeah. I mean, that's their moneymaker for the year. So I think that the programs wouldn't go for it either. I, I don't know. I, I think honestly, I think I think some of the I think some of the bigger programs definitely would though. Could you imagine Alabama no longer has to pay five million dollars to go beat a cream puff team? You well, know I how happy Nick they would Saban, be. I think Nick Saban likes that because he gets an extra buy in the middle of the SEC schedule. And, I think he'd be upset that's if he has to play so an some, SEC team. That as an Auburn fan, I and mean, that's something that is a whole other thing. Is for SEC scheduling, it used to be you only played eight conference games, so they would have an extra bye week before the Iron Bowl before Alabama and, and Auburn met. So they'd actually have two bye weeks in the season. And that got taken away with the new scheduling realignments and everything. And this gives that opportunity that you also give an extra bye week to teams to bring back that health factor too. I mean, you, everybody talks about this player safety thing. This is, yeah, sure. It looks good for your money making. It looks good for everything. Uh-oh. Sorry, you cut out there. But let's just say you take the step and you, you everybody would be on board. Everybody would be on board. Like, sign them up. They're going to be right there next to you. Yeah. And it's going to be – oh, I don't know if you heard anything I just you, said. You cut out for a second. Yeah, just repeat the uh, last <laughs> – sorry about that. <laughs> no, you're good. I just popped up. I said, I said, I said your connection is unstable. All right, so basically, yeah, anyways, like, yeah, Alabama, you know, they'd be they'd be more than happy to, to, to be playing the, you know, cream puffs as a playoff game. But then on a bigger story is it's a player safety thing. You, get, you add an extra bye week to the concept, like what they used to have before the conference realignments. And you, you, you advertise this as a huge player safety moment. You go back to having an extra bye week in the middle of your season. You know, you're protecting your athletes. You're protecting them for the future. One, you get all of the, all of the athletes on board. You get all of the coaching staff and the health, health nuts that are saying that they're, you know, running too many times into a car and into a, into a wall as a car accident every time they play that, you know, you get them on your side. And not only is it a big money maker, but now you're looking at player health, whether they actually are or not is a, is a, neither here nor there but the concept would be yeah you're looking at player health and it it could help benefit everything about college football that we look at and it's kind of like uh you know how they're they're are they actually amateur anymore this could be a way of taking that amateur step back here here's my other problem and you mentioned the fcs format which i will admit is very exciting but i think it's a tough sell between the two but i think when and i i said this earlier when more does not equal fairer because i think when you even if you're adding more teams like you mentioned parity in the league i think it's not going to fix the parity like you we already know who is going to win these games just because of the, the talent gap and even in the fcs north dakota they've won eight of the last nine seasons so i mean is it really fixing the competition problem by adding more teams when we already know it's probably gonna like next year even when they add eight which i know because of covid like it's gonna be one of the either next year or the year after they're adding eight teams and it's still gonna be alabama clemson ohio state right there in the top three like so i don't i mean i don't really think the the adding more teams in your mind how is adding more teams gonna fix the the parity problem so okay, right, you look at it. You talk about North Dakota State. Yeah, they they've had a unheralded run, but look at the teams they've played: Sam Houston State twice, Towson, Illinois State, Jacksonville State, Youngstown State, James Madison twice. One of those teams, the the team that separated their their championships is James Madison, Eastern Washington. Now, of those teams that I just named, two of them are now FBS teams, so they're no longer competing with North Dakota State, and that's something to take into mind. North Dakota State as an FCS school, has refused to move up. 
they have the talent to move up. That's so looking at the FCS and just being like, oh, well, North Dakota State's won this many. You know, okay, that's fine. You can say that. But the fact of the matter is they've only won that many because they're at a, a very, very large advantage over everybody else in that matter in the fact that they're playing with D1 talent in D1AA. So that's an issue of more of North Dakota State refusing to move up than it is an issue of the not having parity. You look at the teams that have been a part of this, though. Over the last 20 years, you take away the North Dakota States, there's been 10 different winners between 20 or 2010, and well, you include North Dakota State as just one. There's been 12 different winners since 2000. And that's including a three-peat from Appalachian State. And there's been over 30 teams, over 20 teams to play in that, that time frame. So there's, I mean, you look at that, and that's, that's parody in and of itself. There's only been 11 teams in seven years in the 14 playoff. That's not parody. That's far from parody. That's not at all what we want. And the fact is, there's only been, really, if you want to talk about it, six total teams in, in, it really in competition for the championship game, and that's been Alabama, Oklahoma, and Ohio State. Those seem to be the only three that – well, in Clemson. There's still so, – even know. if you're adding more teams, it's still going to be the same. Like It, like, it might shake out that way, result. but then we just saw – I mean, I mean, I'm, this is going to joke, but I mean, I might get catch some heat from Ohio State fans, but we just saw a number 11 team beat a number two team. Yeah. You I, know? So, like, let's let's say – I know it's a, I know I'm joking right, with that, right. but the, the fact is, you know, there are some teams that, that fall in that 8 to 12 range – that could beat in Alabama, that play Alabama really well or play Clemson really well in the regular season, that get, you know, they just get beat. I don't Miami know. played Clemson really well until the, until the third quarter. And it's actually about five minutes left in the third quarter, and then not, they decided to stop playing defense. But, it, you know, it's something that, that some there are some things that coaches can do. This it, And it gives an opportunity also for coaching. I look at coaching as well. There's some there are some great football minds that don't get a chance because they are at Arkansas State or they're at San Jose State and they're a defensive coach, an offensive coach, and their head coach will get the nod for somebody else because they just saw a team go undefeated or Coastal Carolina, for example. But uh, what's mean, really being missed is that defensive coordinator who who's made a crazy defensive plan to go up against a top ten SEC opponent and beat him in a bowl game. Well, I and that's think, what gets missed. I think good coaching is the, the good coaching will shine through. You I mean you look at our, we're, we're in Chicago area, Pat Fitzgerald. I mean, it's not like a big program that's won everything, but now he's getting NFL offers when he has that small program. If you're a good enough coach, like Sean McVay, he started Miami of Ohio. That's not a big school. They, they, that, that, I, I don't think it's really. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's been rec- it's been recognized for a long time. Let's well, be honest. That, all right, that, that that that's fair. I mean, I think if you really want to fix a talent problem. I think that instead of because like the way it's gonna go, we're just gonna be playing more games for the same outcome. I think for if you're adding teams, I think the the only way to fix the talent gap is you gotta stop letting Alabama and all these big schools like you gotta reduce the amount of scholarships you can offer from like eighty five down to like seventy or so. That way, when Clemson loses Trevor Lawrence, they don't have a five star backup quarterback playing. Uh, from the Notre same college Dame. yeah i mean yeah. So, like you can't or like you lose a cornerback that week it's like high school or the nfl you're probably going to lose if your starter's out if there's an injury or something and that way these the other schools have a chance to uh pick up some of these other guys and it, the talent is spread around a little bit more i think that's the only true way to fix 
the uh, the parody issue because I I don't know like, like I said I, I think if you, the more the more teams you add it's not it's not gonna do anything the blowouts are gonna be bigger the games are gonna be more unwatchable and we're just gonna get the same result at the end. Well, see, I don't know, man, and that's just it. I don't I don't actually I, like it's hard to say that because you look at this. I'm just looking at the bracket from this last year for FCS. Sure, there were only two games I consider a blowout, and one was by James Madigan James Madison in the second round against an unranked Monmouth. And that was a blowout. But other than that, all the other games are, and I guess North Dakota State in the semifinals, but that's two games out of a 18-game schedule. That's and and North Dakota State squeaked by an unranked Illinois State, or an un, un, unseated un Illinois State in, just to get to the semifinals. They won 9-3. to three. So, you know, you talk about North Dakota State being a champion. Well, they just had to squeak by. They only beat James Madison by eight. In the game, in the championship game, so there's, it provides a lot more entertainment value, and you. And still, the thing is, you're playing one less game than you would have in the current state schedule because they play 12 regular season games, and that's with a conference championship, and then you also play two playoff games. So you take that's that's 14 games total. If you go into this new schedule, teams like Alabama, Clemson. Um, Ohio State, they'll only be playing 13. They'll be playing their nine regular season games. Their conference championship is 10. And then they'll be likely be seeded. And as long as they're seeded, then they only play a maximum of three games to get to, the, to, to win the championship. So you add a little bit of excitement. You take away a game for these bigger teams. But you add a little bit of excitement by giving some smaller teams something to quote-unquote play for. That Sure, it might not be much at the end of the day. And we might not see a huger, a huge increase in talent immediately, but it will be something we see a huge increase in talent down the road. Because, like I said, teams like James Madison, who are now going, moving up to D1, they would have never done that had they not gotten into a playoff to begin with. That's you know, yeah. I mean, that's that's a fair point, and the, I will admit the FCS bracket is very exciting. I think the FBS though is a whole nother animal, just because the best players in the country, you already know where they're going. With the talents a little bit more spread out down in, in the FCS, uh, that I mean that. So I think comparing the two, I mean it's, it's comparing apples apples and oranges. I feel like at that point, and also by taking away a game. So one, I mean, most of these bowl games, I would assume most of the playoff these playoff games, if you're sending it to a 16, eight, whatever, how many ever team bracket, those are going to turn into bowl games. So now by yeah. taking away a team from or a game from one of these other programs, they're losing a home game, which is losing revenue for them. And I know you said like you're a big Auburn fan, like that's half the the, the town's revenue is just from home games for Auburn football. And you're going to be taking away a, one team's getting screwed out of a home game. I don't think the athletic directors are going to jump for that. I don't think that's doing like anyone. Oh no, let's be honest. Uh, no, that's 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 a crazy thought to say they'd be screwed out of money because you you make twice as much money for entering the playoffs. You know that money is shared, distributed amongst the teams that make the playoffs. That's that's an even distribution across the board, and so that in and of itself it, it would offset the one game against Louisiana Lafayette where you see a sixty-two thousand person stadium only filled up with twenty thousand people, and half of those are students that you get ten percent of their ticket value. So, you know, you, you, you actually don't lose anything financially. You'd actually gain something financially because you would be part of a bigger picture. And that's if you make the playoffs. And if you don't, there's still 64 other bowl games to go to. It's not like I'm saying get rid of the bowl games, the extra bowl games outside that. No. If they're bowl eligible, send them to a bowl game as an NIT type of thing. Fine. Cool. But you still have, at the end of the day, 
you still have a bracket for the championship. And that's and you talk about his talent, you know, distribution, how it's more widely distributed in the FCS. I disagree. You look at a team like Notre Dame and the talent they've they've managed to amass. Yeah, sure, they went about it wrong. They got bigger and they got stronger, but they neglected to get faster. Whereas before the last time they played Alabama, they were fast and they were small and quick, but they lacked the strength necessary to beat the Alabama team. I think if you flip flop these Notre Dame teams that played Alabama, we have a different game in both situations because the one thing they did since the last time was they got bigger and stronger, but they just, you know, their receivers also got bigger and stronger. So they lacked an ability to separate from corners that aren't great press corners. What they are is they're great lengthy corners and they can run straight up and down the field with you, but they're not going to be a great press team. So, you know, it's, it's something that there's different ways to look at the talent and each conference has their own talent distribution. You, you look at the SEC, big, strong, fast is what you can kind of caliberize an SEC player as the big 12 Usually you got a leaner, quicker, faster type of player, especially under your outsides, your receivers. You know, your Big Ten, a lot of the same way as the Big 12, you're, you're quicker, better, faster, but your defensive players are big and strong. And your Pac-12, those are your speed guys. Those are your high-flying, high-scoring, put, put points up on the board. So there's, you know, there's talent distribution in the FBS, but it's distributed in a different way because it's distributed by conference and not by team. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I still I still contend, like I said, even when you're standing it. All right, so, so we'll just go eight-team playoff. Four of those are going to be SEC teams. So people are going to be complaining about that. And then, as you say, you add for the eight seed, just who would be in contention for this year, for example. You have Cincinnati at nine wins. You have Georgia, who ended the season with eight wins. Iowa State with nine wins. Yeah, Indiana, who only had one loss, and it was to Ohio, to Ohio State, and it was a pretty competitive game. Then you have Coastal Carolina with eleven wins. So like that's gonna be there's gonna be a huge argument there to who gets in, and it's just gonna make it it's gonna make it even more murky, and it's gonna be even a bigger argument. And then you go to like so it was the sixteen seed, like you wanted to go to sixteen for the sixteen seed. BYU eleven and one. Miami, eight and three. Louisiana, ten and one. San Jose State, seven and one. Like those are all qualified teams that like have an argument to get that last spot. It's gonna be an even bigger crapshoot. Like when stuff is elite, like you, there's a highfalutin country club. Regular guys like you and me, we know we can't get in. Then all of a sudden they start letting in your neighbor and that bum down the street. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. How are they getting in and I'm not? That's gonna create a bigger controversy. The more people you let in, the more people it's gonna get upset, and it's just gonna dumb down the product. Wouldn't you rather see, instead of, like, San Jose State getting blown out by Alabama, like, with the current system as it has, I mean, like, there's some pretty good bowl game matchups this year. Like, I'd rather see Cincinnati play Georgia in, like, a close game instead of these ugly first-round matchups where you're getting a Clemson beating down on who Louisiana or whoever it is. I don't know. They, what, no, I mean, look, they, you, to, to a point, yeah, you have you have a very good point. But then again, you, you know, you're also looking at these top four seeded teams, top top eight seeded teams. They wouldn't be playing the Louisiana's and San Jose State's first. Louisiana and San Jose State, San Jose State, for example, wouldn't even be in the bracket to begin with. It would be, let's say, well, BYU at 16 playing a nine Georgia team. And that would be a number one matchup. And we saw how Cincinnati played Georgia. And with Zach Wilson in, behind BYU, you're like, well, they have a chance. You know, they have a chance to give Georgia something they've never seen before. And who knows? Maybe that maybe that 16 seed in, in BYU can upset Georgia, and then they go on to play. I think it's like a, would be like a number four 
Notre Dame or something like that. Uh, and that's how, and that's how that, and then think about that BYU versus Notre Dame. That's a matchup for the ages. No, that's a matchup. That's a historical match. No, that's a It'd historical a matchup. I mean, it would be historical. They'd still get. I, yeah, I mean, maybe. But you, you talk about selling tickets. That's a ticket seller. BYU versus Notre Dame. That would the, be a holy the, war. The, the holy sure. war. Yeah, that would. The be holy a- war of holy wars. It's happened before. It happened previously, and it's every time. It's always been sold out. That in and of itself would be something to take into mind. And, you know, there's more ways to do this. You, you, and I'm just looking at 16. If we looked at an 8, you know, you, you look at the AP. The AP only has two SEC teams in, two Big Ten, two Big 12, and two ACC teams, technically. Or, well, I think, well, yeah, that's right. Or no, only one Big 12 and an American conference. And, you know, that's that in and of itself would be interesting to see, too. I'd, rather, I'd like to see Oklahoma versus Alabama, especially the way Oklahoma played against Florida, the only team that's played Alabama close and actually had a chance to beat Alabama. Florida, though, that game, that Florida was missing all of their wide receivers. They had most of their NFL talent gone. So, I mean, I'm not putting too much stock. Uh, no, that's true. That but let's let's be honest, though. That Oklahoma performance, did anybody think Oklahoma was going to come out and do that to them? Even with Vegas all those did. They, were, they were favored. I, but I didn't think they were going to do that. Like, that's... That wasn't a what they, what they yes. did. What they did was something impressive, and that's something that can happen in these playoffs. An Oklahoma team happens to go up against Alabama, who Alabama's looking at their next next potential game. I know Nick Saban says he never does that as a coach, but I he may not, but his players sure as hell will. And somebody like Mac Jones with his his Mac Joneses would one hundred percent be one of those guys that looks forward to a next game. And, you know, that's it's something to think about that you know, Spencer Rattler isn't something to He's a potential Heisman Trophy candidate by the time he graduates. I saw Oklahoma play Alabama plenty with Heisman candidates and potential Heisman. I mean, with Jalen Hurts, and they got smoked. I but have you seen them play with a top 40 defense like they've had yet? Because this is the first time their defense has been this good. That's fair. I, you're still getting, like the, like I mentioned earlier, like the, the four seed, you're never getting a good team at, at four. Like All these teams are going to have flaws. And then if you just extend it to eight, there's going to be even more glaring flaws with the eighth team that you let in. And then if 16, it's going to be even more glaring ones. Like Oklahoma, they made it the one year, 125th in the country on defense. And then Alabama, non-champ, made it the one year. So then we're really going to go down the list of teams. I I think it's just going to get ugly. We're going to be letting in ugliest and rewarding mediocrity. The regular season isn't going to mean as much. It's going to be devaluing it. You can look at it that way, or you can look at it in setting rules for the playoff possibilities. So your top eight seeded teams, those seedings mean something because it means you get a bye game, right? So why not make them requirement? They might not make requirements. Like you have to win your conference. And so let's say you take your power five teams. If your conference winner and your power five teams, you automatically get a top eight seed. And so that you know obviously takes your Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio States and puts them in there. And that sets up teams like Oklahoma as also a number eight seed. However, they have to battle with teams that are from a next to five who are also a conference championship and maybe they're undefeated and maybe they get ranked higher. So you, you kind of play it in a way, a manner that's yeah. Okay. They're, they're a conference champion. And then also they're a conference champion, but they're undefeated. So they get ranked higher than the power five conference champion because of, you know, power rankings and things like that. So there's, there's ways to do this that you set up the bracket in a way that, yeah, sure. There's going to be weaknesses. There's going to be weaknesses. There's weaknesses in every playoff. Look at the NFL right now. I mean, NFC East, anybody, really? Like, there's an NFC East team allowed to play in the playoffs, and that just happens to be happenstance of the bracket and how the playoffs work. And that's just always going to be there. 
But to say that, you know, it's going to be a problem is kind of selling short the, the beauty of amateur football. Like, this is what it is. This is the whole idea of amateur football. You know, you, you, you talk about the soul of the game. This college football is it. You know, these, these kids play for the love of it. They don't play to catch a, catch a paycheck every weekend, although some, yeah. 99% of them still cash a paycheck every weekend. We just don't yeah. talk about that. <laughs> no, we that's just, true. You know, they, but they play for the love of the game. And you're telling me, like, a kid, a kid that, like I mentioned earlier, the, the no, number 99 to 105 ranking in a rivals board or an ESPN 150 board who goes to an, an Iowa State for the first time, they just, they just competed for a conference championship, and now they're in a playoff. This kid didn't think he ever had a sniff of chance, and now you're telling him he's he's in a playoff. That kid's going to play ten times harder than he ever would have. Oh, you're telling for me a he regular bowl trying game. the Foster Farms Bowl or the Gasparilla Bad Boy Molars Bowl? I don't think so. I think he's geared up for that one now. Hey, you bring- but I think he's ten times more excited to play for a conference <laughs> for a championship, though. No, you're like, right. That's the you're right. Like I- if you if you tell me I'm going into a bracket and I'm an underdog and I have a chance to get to the title in four games. I don't think I've I don't think I have ever not competed in a tournament in my life in sports. And I'll tell you, when I'm in a tournament in sports, it's a different mentality. It's it's a No, you're right. Okay, that that is a very valid point. But unfortunately, in the real world, like you mentioned the Dallas or the NFC East team getting in. Like that's why the four with the four teams, there's no Washington football team making it with a losing record. Like you're having three like. But there is a Notre Dame making it after they Notre got their, Dame deserved to get it. Get they, they had they had a they had a good enough record, and Texas A and M got waxed by Alabama. They did not deserve to get in. Like so, there's a flawed team, but there's you're getting four solid teams. And I would also, I mean, even if you have the more teams, so like a couple of those games might be interesting. You get a couple early round games that I agree would be intriguing. You have some interesting matchups. At the end of the day, and I feel like a broken record saying this. Like even look at retail. We have more retail stores than ever. Amazon's still dominating it. And so it's still going to be the same thing. You're letting in more teams, still going to be the top three, regardless of how many you're letting in. So I, I mean, that's it's the same argument as, as with basketball, too. They say the same thing, but how many times have we seen an upset? And that's just, but that's like, a sport built for upsets, like especially college and this is basketball. a sport, but, but football's built not, for upsets. No, it's really not. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. One player you play is four quarters, 15 minutes, each player, each team gets a chance at the ball. As, as a, anytime you have a team, if you have an even possibility for possessions, that sport is built for ta- upsets. If you really want to fix the talent differential, what you should be looking at instead of the playoff and adding more teams is the recruiting. Like I think that either the recruiting or you need a commissioner. Those are the only two ways to fix this sport. Because as it stands, but you can right fix now, recruiting with a playoff, and that's that's no, it. No, it would they make visit- it worse. The playoff would make it worse because a oh, kid no. that's talented it would make it not- better. How how all right. Go ahead. Okay, so I already talked about the financial financial ramifications of being in a playoff. You get money, right. a lot of freaking money, and it's split one of 16 ways. That's it. So Alabama gets the same amount of money as BYU. Or if you go by the AP, Alabama gets the same amount of money as Louisiana Lafayette. You mean to tell me Louisiana Lafayette couldn't take that money and go over to these gray shirts at Alabama and be like, hey, we have the same type of resources Come on over. You'll play. Day one. Boom. Instantly, Louisiana is recruiting players that Alabama recruited and then can't give a scholarship to the first year. Clemson does the same thing. Ohio State does the same thing. Notre Dame does the same thing. They have gray shirts every single year because they get too many four-star four recruits when they and then they land these five-stars that they were just weren't sure of. And so they tell these four-stars, hey, man. You have to you have to sit there with a gray shirt. You don't get any eligibility. You can't practice with the team. You just have to go to school for a year, and it's not paid for. But you you know you'll be on the team next year possibly. 
And you're going to tell me that Iowa State or Louisiana Lafayette or Northwestern couldn't just go and be like, hey, you can come play for us. Start this year. Would they want Proof. to, though? Like, if I'm a kid and I'm watching, and a year before I'm thinking of going to Louisiana Lafayette, and I see him just get smacked around by Clemson, it's like, why would I want to go there? And even with the resources being split the 16 ways, I mean, there's only a few college football programs in this country that are actually making money on their program. So even if you make the playoffs, I still don't think it's going to be enough where you're going to be like, oh, all of a sudden we have the same resources and facilities as in Oregon or Alabama or Ohio State. Like, it's just not it's not how it works. It wouldn't be enough to, to fix the, the talent uh, gap between the two. It, it will be over time, and that's the thing. You can't look at it as an immediate thing. I, I, I 100% and to say that teams don't make money, every single college football, D1 college football team is producing – a surplus in finances right now. They are all in the positives. Every single college football FBS team. And some of them, as much as a billion dollars in the positive. Looking at you, Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State. They're all in the positives there. You know, millions for everybody else in the SEC, Big 12, Big 10. And then your American conferences are in the hundreds of thousands and, and some millions if they're one of the better teams. But... To say that they're not making money, is, is that's that's ridiculous to think about. BYU might be the only team close to not making money, and that's just because they have to pay for travel. And that's because they're not part of a conference, and so they don't get to share the conference benefits. But you look at this, and you tell me that it, as an athlete, if you, were, if you were being recruited as an athlete, and you were told, hey, we want you to come here by Alabama, and then the next week some kid signs for Alabama in your same exact position, but he's a five-star, you're a four-star, you're the best in your state. You're the best in Illinois, but you got replaced by a kid that's the second best kid in Georgia, but he's a five-star recruit. All right. And they're telling you, hey, you won't get a play. You won't even get a practice with us. You don't even get a step foot on the facility, but you can go to school for the year, but it won't be paid for. But, you know, we'll take you next year. And then you have, looking down the list, Florida, Georgia, Iowa State, BYU, North Carolina, Northwestern, Louisiana, who are 10 through 16, or Coastal Carolina, who's also an undefeated team. And they're like, hey, you can come here. You can start day one. Or you can at least compete for a starting position. You'll be on the team. Your school's paid for. And you have a chance to compete for a playoff position to win a national championship. All we do is get in the playoffs, and then everything else after that, we work for the championship. That's the goal. Get to the playoffs. Get to the championship. Right? That's your goal. If you're not going to play as an athlete, I'm going to be like, well, screw that team. I don't want to go to Alabama and sit there and not go to and, and have to pay for my own schooling for a year and still lose a year of eligibility and then not even have a chance to – I don't even know if they really want me next year because they didn't even see see me practice in a year. Like, no, forget that. I'm going to go some school where I have a chance to. And honestly, I'd look at somebody like you know, Iowa State, North Carolina, Northwestern, where they're a pain in the ass for their their, their conference to the teams that play in, play in their conference. You know, they, they put up fights that they probably shouldn't. But they're missing a piece or two, and maybe I'm that piece. I feel like I'm that piece if I'm competitive enough that can change a team like that. But that's why the scholarship thing would fix this over the playoff thing, and it would be a quick fix. Because if you reduce it from 85 to 70, then all of a sudden Alabama can't have you sitting on their bench as a third stringer, and one of these other schools gets an immediate shot at you. Like That's the way to fix the competitive advantage. Not hoping that well, you can with... get bored sitting on the, the bench in the depth chart and then like transferring everywhere. But like even with eighty five or eighty scholarships, Alabama's still over recruiting. 
They you know, will, that's but just, it would it would it would it would help. I mean, it would fix it quicker. It'd be like more more of these teams would have a, a quicker fix. And that's just it, though. I don't I don't honestly want a quicker fix to this. I want this to be a long term thing. I don't want it to be a quick fix. Well, I, I mean, want it to be like. Don't get me wrong. If it's a quick fix, if let's say they combine the two options, and yeah, they they limit it down to fifty five total scholarships a year, so that way you could literally only keep fifty five players on scholarship at any time, which is your traveling squad, which is a traveling home, uh, which is a traveling team for any any team in the in the nation. Right. That's all you're allowed. Then by that means, okay, sure, yeah, you see a you'd see a talent roster increase exponentially across the board. But you'd only see it in certain regions. So your Alabamas, your Ohio States, your Notre Dame, and your Clemsons are your big four right now as far as recruiting goes. And as and Georgia, you can include them as well. They over-recruit every year. They have these gray shirts every year. These kids wouldn't be if – they, if they were told immediately that, okay, we're cutting our, our, our target down from 80 to 55, we, we have – that's 25 people they have to cut from the team originally – and then that's also 25 recruits that are immediately told they don't get to go there. They're going to be like, well, I want to play somebody that plays them to just shove it in their face, right? That's going to be their ideal. Right. So, so that, that'll, it'll, it'll make it more regionally based. That'll increase the talent. And it wouldn't do the nationally based, which is kind of what I'm looking at. I'm looking at more of a national increase of talent. Because if you look at it right now, you look at the Power 5 conferences, your SECs, your ACCs, your Big Tens, those are your, those are your top three. The Big 12 shows a little bit of heart once in a while. The Pac-12, well, they took their ball and ran home this year. So to say they're competitive is is a far from. I think it would. Well, I, I still true. think by reducing the scholarship, like because it all comes down to if if you say you reduced it to like the 55 even, which is that'd be an even bigger reduction, which would fix it even more. As long as you have a good coach that we can recruit, I don't think it would necessarily be regionally. Like in the 90s, Nebraska was a powerhouse. So anyway, oh yeah, and Nebraska have, just missed out on a lot of money this year. Yes, they, yes they did. Well, they stunk. Don't even get me started on them. I'm a Nebraska <laughs> fan. But like, if you have a good enough coach in there that knows how to recruit, you can flip that thing around quick. Where you're not competing against all of a sudden Alabama to get the one guy who would be a starter on your team, and then as a third stringer for them. I think that because that that would fix it long term, and we wouldn't have to watch a bunch of blowouts like for the the 16 team playoff. Because like, we already no, know. That's, that's a good point. And, but here's the thing. You, you look at Scott Frost. I mean, you see what he did with Central Florida, right? He, yeah. he turned them into a, a contender, a legitimate contender, a team that beat uh, a quality SEC team in, in Auburn at that year. And whether or not Auburn wanted to play in that game is a different story, but it doesn't matter. They beat Auburn when it mattered, and that Auburn team also just happened to be the two teams in the championship game. Um, I don't agree that they're a national championship, but I do think that they were a contender that year, and if they were given the opportunity, they could have shown a fight. But you look at him now, he goes to Nebraska. Well, what's he, he goes to a bigger conference. It's bigger notoriety, bigger legacy to that team. If we're looking at the old NCAA footballs, it's a six-star legacy, right? right. They, this is Nebraska. This is a big time. This is, you know, this, is, this is where you go in the Midwest. But somehow he's still not able to recruit well enough. To make them competitive. And he's been there for what, three years now? This is his third year? Yeah. Yep. So in three years, you should, by that time, you should have your guy, you should have at least a majority of your guys. So what's stopping him right now from getting those guys? And if you look at it, well, their facilities are shit. Their financial backing in their facilities is trash. Uh, they have some pretty good facilities. And I, I would just not as, but not as good, but not as good as a Kansas State right now, not as good as a Ohio State, not as good as an Oklahoma, not as good as an Indiana, not as good as a Texas A&M or a Cincinnati. 
or, you know, that KFC Yum Center and their whole KFC Yum facility at Cincinnati. I don't know if you've seen the pictures from it. That is a an extravagant space station, and that thing's going to take us somewhere in, in the world, somewhere. But that thing is insane. I and th- compare I that to what Nebraska has, has, it's... They have, a, they, they just got a new weight room there. I think, I, I don't think the facilities are necessary, necessarily the problem. I think a lot of, I, this is kind of going off the path here, but I think a lot of Nebraska's problem is they're living in the 90s. Like, oh, come to Nebraska, we have this big dynasty, and... People right now, like kids these days, like they're like, well, I wasn't even born yet. I don't give a crap about that. They're too stuck too much in the past. I think that's their biggest problem because a lot of people want to go play in the middle of uh, the Midwest in Nebraska. But uh, anyway, regardless. Of <laughs> no, that, that's, that's a good point. I think, I, one, I'd like to I appreciate you coming on. We're almost out of time here. I want to get, I've been following <laughs> your bull pick um, with you and DJ. Uh, who you got in the national championship and, and why? So I'm sticking with my pick. I, I, I originally picked Alabama to beat Clemson. But Clemson lost, um, so I, but I still have Alabama. I look, that team is that team is packing four All Pro potential receivers right now. It has Najee Harris, who, in my opinion, is the best running back I've seen coming out of the, that that school. Really, even better than Derrick Henry. That's I, that, what, really interesting because that kid can catch and run the same. It's, it's it, they are literally like his left arm and right arm. He can do them both so equally well, so fluid. It's. It's dirty, and you see him jumping over people. That's nothing. Literally, what he did at the Notre Dame, Notre Dame game is nothing compared to what I've seen him do in conference play. The dude is a stud. He's honestly he's the unsung hero on that team. I think he should be in that Heisman race over Mac Jones because I, Mac Jones is nothing more than a than a game manager. Which I love game managers. I'm not nothing wrong with that. But don't tell me a game manager is a playmaker when he's not. You know, right? Like, but I look at that team. You, you know, you, Devontae Smith. What he's doing, he's. Heisman that's why I have my Heisman. Yeah, if he doesn't yeah, win, that's a travesty. Because there's too much. He's my Heisman trophy pick. Good. All right, you got that one right. Yeah, <laughs> we can agree, <laughs> agree on something. <laughs> but you look at that, and it's like you got Billingsley there. You have Waddle, who's injured, who's an All-Pro future star. Right. Um, and I'm missing one of them, and I can't think of his name. But he's an all—he's a future NFL first-round draft pick. And then you also include their tight ends, man. There's that team is stacked. And we talk about recruiting. I don't know how Nick Saban does it. I have all the respect in the world for Nick Saban's recruiting, but I hate the guy nonetheless, you know, going to Auburn. Yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, and, and I was recruited back in the day by when he first got to first got to Alabama, and I was recruited by his, his staff at the time. And I will say this. I was compelled to go, but I wasn't compelled enough to actually say yes. So because what, what, was big, the, yeah, what was the final thing that swung you in the, uh, the other direction then? For me, it was that, is that playing time option. Because I I was I was I wasn't a high enough recruit for them to be like oh yeah you'll but I'm a lineman so you know linemen always have a chance to make right. it and it doesn't matter but they're gonna keep you on the roster but at the same time I was I I didn't feel like I was actually welcomed in the team it felt like it was very much procedural like because I'm a kid that's in the state of Alabama being recruited that's what it seemed like that's why it seemed like they even showed up it didn't even seem like they really wanted me so it was it was very much a I'm going to Auburn because of I feel wanted. I feel like I can be a part of this. You upset that Gus uh, Gus bus is ending. Yeah, he got fired, or you think it was right decision? <sighs> I think I think there's there's a lot to it. I wish I wish Gus all the best in the future, but I do think that he let the play calling get out of hand. He he stopped doing what he does well, and that's run the ball. Mm. He started trying to get fancy, and then he took a, the dude in in ten years. There, he has taken away all passing concepts. There is, it's literally a go route and an out route and a back shoulder throw. That's all you have going for pass routes nowadays. 
or screen, and that's it. And so, you know, that's you can't do that and expect to win. So I, I'm sad to see him go. I have all the love in the world for Gus, uh, but yeah, no, I, it, it was about time. Thank you so much for joining us once again. This is Kelsey from the High Low Podcast. I'll give you ten seconds. Shameless plug. Go ahead. You can uh, plug away for the High Low Podcast. Check us out on Twitter, guys. High Low Sports. High underscore low underscore sports. And uh, yeah, that's that's all I really care about. Just check us out on Twitter. You'll love us. It'll be fine. They are a fun follow. I, I do. I do <laughs> highly recommend it. Once again, yeah. Hey, like I said, all the respect in the world for coming on here and arguing your case. Uh, hopefully, we yeah, can man, have you I back loved it. Uh, s- s- soon enough, we'll break down some more college football uh, coming up next season. <laughs> Sounds good, man. I appreciate it, bud. All right, have a good one. Yeah, man. Yeah, as I said, and I'm, I, I want to get your opinion on this, Marshall. Like, more does not equal fair because if you have, you say you have a, a country club. Two bozos like me and you, we're not getting in the country club. Now all of a yeah. sudden they start letting True. in these random, like your neighbor gets in. And all of a sudden they're letting Oliver Mikulak in. Now all of a sudden we're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. They're getting in and we're not. There's going to create more controversy throughout the whole thing. And when you look at some of these teams, like they're going to get waxed anyway by the one seed, whoever it is. Like You really want to see San Jose State playing Alabama. Like the point differential is seventeen point eight as it is between the one and the four seed in all those games. The college yeah. football playoff, the history. There's only been one. There's only been three one possession games total. The average mark of victory is three touchdowns. So it's not going to help parity. It's going to hurt recruiting. What What's your uh, What What are your thoughts on expanding yeah. the college football playoff? I have a, I have two. Uh, I have two main issues with it, and I think the first one is that. Uh, I think this would ruin it. Not, not only would it be bad competition and I, it would be blowouts on blocks, you'd get once every blue moon, you'd get a big upset, maybe. Maybe. And the upsets would be like the, the you know, 20 over the 10 or something. Like, I don't know. Um, but I think it would ruin it for, like, the smaller schools. Like, you know, the, the, this number 16 seeds who are like, you know what? Because there's a lot of teams that kind of sneak into the – 15 through 25 range who are not typically that good at football and they just put a good season together and they have like a really good, you know, coach or quarterback or something or the other. Uh, and they do something well, they get in like, like for instance, like Boise state, they're not always up there, but every once in a while they're like, Oh, we got like the 14 seed or something like that. Good for us. And then they can cap it off with an equally matched bowl game where they actually have a chance to win. And it's like, awesome. Like we got, Chance to win. We got like what the citrus, or not the citrus bowl. I don't even. I don't even really watch college football that much. But I don't know the bowl <laughs> game. Um, the cheese it bowl or yes, something like go. that, where they like the Tecmo Alamo bowl, where they're like, you know what, the name's not that cool, but we got to go to Dallas or Fort Worth or something like that, and they gave us a bunch of cheese its and we won, and it was super fun, and all the players are excited. Yada, yada, yada. And that's totally gone if they're like, all right, you had a pretty good season. You now get to play Ohio State, and you will lose by 25 points. It's like, wow, thanks, guys. I'm really glad we had a chance to compete. Because Lord knows these teams don't expect to beat the Clemsons and Alabamas of the world. Like, like they're going to they're gonna go up against them, but they're not going to beat them, and they, they probably know that. And second of all, you always talk about how, like, you know, there's a lot of good players in college, and it just doesn't translate to the NFL. Because the NFL is this totally different breed. This is not basketball. 
this is football where you're getting hit repetitively and you're a 22 year old going against a 35 year old man who's got a family of four who's going at this for 10 years now it's like it's not the same thing and i think that it's a different uh margin but i think the same goes for like football programs right dude alabama and indiana it's world difference, and I think that's just like it's just not going to happen. It's not good. Uh, no, I want to do. I, I do want to say this because we had some audio problems at the beginning of, of the interview. To be fair to Kelsey, they did. He did walk it back from thirty-two to sixteen. Still a horrible idea, in my opinion. But I give him credit for coming on. He brought up some valid points. Uh, you know, I just think we were going to have to agree to disagree on that one. But you know what? Like I said, I appreciate anyone who disagrees coming on the show and talking about it. Because, like I said, he he did bring up yeah. some valid points. I just think in the real world, it it doesn't I, work out. And like yeah. I think, I think personally, if there was any expansion, and I think you'd have to, like you said, you know, as soon as you expand it, everyone wants to expand it a little bit more. We got it was just two, now it's four, now people want more. I think you could do one and two, get a buy, three plays six, four plays five, and then. You go yeah, into that maybe. just it, because because I understand, you know, Texas A&M versus Notre Dame, you know, who who who's going to get in? Well, and it's kind of tough to do the five are like flawed. Like Alabama already waxed Texas A&M once. So Alabama yeah. was the right. I mean, excuse me. Notre Dame was the right decision. It was a flawed team. Did they deserve to get in? Probably not. But like it was the best of a lot of bad options. And that's all you get even with yeah. the seed. Now you expand it to eight. And, like, you can look at the list of – here's the teams that would be in contention for the eight seed this year, especially if you have the committee that's picking teams. You have the nine-win Cincinnati. So, like, they were undefeated. So, we might got to let them in. But then there's the eight-win Georgia. Obviously, SEC biased. They're playing a tougher schedule. You got Iowa State with nine wins. Indiana only had one loss. It was to Ohio State. You got Coastal Carolina who had 11 wins. So, like, who do you let in there? Like, yeah. is this going to be – it's going to be – it would be a mess. Enough about the college football. Also, side note, too, this interview – the interview with them was recorded slightly before the uh, Heisman was announced. Yes, we yes. both liked uh, Smith for Alabama. Uh, so we were right on that one. We, but we were not just being like homers. Devontae Smith definitely deserved that. They got it right. So uh, we're glad on that. Did you get everything? All right, we'll, we'll do a couple ad reads here. Uh, Marshall, did you get everything you wanted for Christmas? Did I get everything I wanted? Yeah, for, yeah, for the most part, yeah. No, you did not? Okay, well... I got good news for you. If you wanted a jersey of your favorite linebacker who respects women, uh, A.J. Johnson, then you can still go to Fanatics. It's probably going to be on a discount because, you know, it's after the holiday season. If you use the link in our Twitter, uh, you go to Fanatics, you can buy yourself a nice orange A.J. Johnson jersey or whoever, whatever linebacker on there that doesn't have controversy. Yeah, yeah, fully chubbed again, (laughs) New Jersey. Go to Fanatics, use our link. They'll kick our network some. They've got some great shows on the Unhinged Sports Network, uh, like the High Low Sports Podcast, which just came on. So you can support us and the network if you do so. Also, uh, we got a new sponsorship with Fubo TV. What is Fubo TV? US? Fubo TV brings you 100 plus channels, including NBC, CBS, Fox, ABC, ESPN, and more, without the hassle of a cable contract. You know what? The, 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 those cable contracts are such a hassle. Isn't that right, Marshall? It's very true. You don't believe me? Click on the link in our bio. Start your seven-day free trial now. You know, you know. Based on that ad, I'll tell you one of the, it's one of the saddest moments of my life is my friend from high school had Fubo TV and I used it to watch Champions League games. Fubo TV is amazing, and that's not even part of the ad. But uh, he took it away from me after like my sophomore year of college. It was very, very 
very devastating moment in my life. I still remember the day like it was yesterday. <laughs> there you go. Let's go NFL playoffs because we got some – you know what? I think uh, there's some interesting matchups on here, especially on the AFC side because uh, I, I think the AFC is going to be a dogfight. Kansas City, yeah. they're the front runner, but they don't look as invincible anymore, especially with the way that uh, the Ravens are playing and the Bills are playing. Uh, NFC gets a little more dicey. So let's, you know what? We're going to go through the bracket, break down a couple games. Let's give our picks for each of them. We're going to start Browns and Steelers. Now, I'll be honest. I thought for the team that was resting all their starters in the Steelers, they came dangerously close to winning that game. And as much as we trash on them, I do think they're they're kind of frauds. Missing Kevin Spavansky for the Browns, yeah. that's going to be a big loss. Steelers are playing confident knowing that, like, hey, our quarterback wasn't playing, and we almost beat him. It came down to the last possession. And this the, the Browns' big thing is, like, their best player is Miles Garrett. Like, their bread and butter on defense is the pass rush. Big Ben doesn't take too many sacks. He gets rid of the ball quickly, so I give the Steelers the edge here. I think it'll be a close game. Uh, it should be. I'm rooting for the Browns and Baker, but I think the Steelers are going to take that one. Yeah, it's it definitely interesting because my pick kind of changed. I'm interested to see what they're going to do with Stefanski. Like, how is he going to? You yeah, know, I'm the saying like teams I, coach who or his coordinator. He's now taking over the head. Yeah, coaching yeah, but I'm just thinking like, will he be like if he could get any input in like how he's going to do this? Um, that's going to be very interesting because I think T- Kevin Stefanski has done an absolutely phenomenal job yeah. with Baker Mayfield, who we said earlier in the year when we did, are they good or are they not good? We said they were not good because Baker Mayfield wasn't playing very well. And regardless of if it's because a certain star number receiver is out or not, he's been <laughs> playing much better. Um, and yeah, I mean, honestly, the X factor is it's literally going to come down to Big Ben. I mean, I think the Browns' offense is carried by the run game. Steelers have a really good run defense. Those will neutralize each other. You know, the Browns are going to put up 21, 24 points or something like that. I believe they can. And it's really just going to come down to Big Ben against the Browns' secondary, which is pretty mediocre average. They're not that great. They're not that terrible. It's just, does this man, does Ben Roethlisberger have anything left in the tank? Because there's been moments, I mean, you saw the Colts. The Colts game in the first half, it's like, dude, just retire already. Like, I'm sick of watching you try and throw these ducks. Second half, I'm like, oh my goodness, the Steelers are going to win the Super Bowl. Between Ben Roethlisberger and Phillip Rivers, it might have been the most unathletic quarterback play. Oh, yeah. It was was like uh, the nursing home let the seniors out on the front yard and let them throw some passes. (laughs) (laughs) Now, that brings us to the next game. We got the Colts and the Bills. And the Bills, I mean, this is one of the best teams in football right now. They blew out a very – and that you know what? That Dolphins team, that defense is very good. Like That's that the top defense three defense them. in the NFL. Yeah. And they waxed them in the first half. And then they put in Matt Barkley. So for you Bears fans, remember the Matt Barkley era? Woo. He came in and looked like a good quarterback. He's chucking bombs deep, and they continue to curb stomp him. Uh, so this is the, looks like a juggernaut with the Bills. Now I will say this for the Colts: I think this game's gonna be. I don't think it'll be a blowout. I think this is a very. This is still a good Colts team with a good roster, and you get Philip Rivers in the first half when it's scripted. And I saw this when I saw him against the Titans too. Like the first half, he's always good. It's when it gets down to crunch time and he has to make plays off script and like you, you know, the reads aren't there. You, you like, hey, go make a play. That's where Phillip Rivers runs into trouble nowadays. So I think that'll be the difference. Uh, if the Colts can run the ball, though, which they've been doing very well with Jonathan Taylor, they've figured out the run, they can keep it competitive. It's just a matter of can Darius Leonard, DeForest Buckner, 
Houston, Xavier Rhodes, can they step up on the defensive side and slow down Josh Allen enough to get in this game and chew some clock? Uh, I'm going to say no, but I do think it's going to be close. Like, I think it's going to be a ten, either a one-possession game or, like, ten points at the most. It's gonna be, this one's going to be closer than people think. I think that it's going to be one of those games where it's, like, 17-14 bills at half and the final's, like, 38-20 to 20 or yeah, something that's, like yeah, that. Yeah, that's fair. I, yeah, I, I, I think that, you know, the Colts are – I've wanted to like their defense more than I actually do yeah, because I same. think they have a lot of good pieces. And last year I thought they were really impressive. Um, but, yeah, I just don't have a lot of faith. I mean, the, the, the Jonathan Taylor – in, in the past couple of weeks has been really, really impressive. Um, but I think, you know, I don't think their offense is that great. And I just think the Bills defense, like the Colts or the Bills offense, I should say, is a buzzsaw right now. Yes. There is no stopping it. You can only hope to contain it. If I will quote the great Kevin Harlan. Uh, but yeah, no, they're going to get destroyed. I think, I think it's not going to be, I think the, it, I think when the fourth quarter starts, it will not be a competitive game. Yeah, you get Philip Rivers in the fourth quarter. It's going to start to unravel. So we, we yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll see about. I agree with, you, with that defense. It's very, they're very streaky. Yeah, because they, they, they should got, be better um, than they are. Leonard, Leonard, that linebacker, yep. um, Darius Leonard. He's really good, and they got some nice pieces in the I secondary. Like, yeah. But like, I even like, but like Okariki too. Like, man, they got some pieces. Yeah, but then like I watch them in games, and like they don't like prove a lot to me. I don't know what it is. All right, now, next game. You want a team I whiffed on, and I bought way too much stock way too early. It was the Tennessee Titans. Now, offensively, I still think they're a very solid team. Like, Ryan Tannehill, which was the, that, that was the biggest warning shot that Adam Gase should be fired, by the way. Like, they had the Black Monday today, and he got, as soon as the clock turned after that uh, Sunday game for the Jets, they fired him. But, like, that, Ryan Tannehill's yeah. playing very well. I like the receiving core, A.J. Brown. And uh, David, Corey Davis, they're very good players. And obviously you have Derrick Henry, 2,000 yards. That's great. This defense, though, stinks. They cannot yes. stop a nosebleed. I wa- Watching them against the Texans, they move through them faster than, like, shit through a goose. I mean, good God, that was horrible. <laughs> and then you come yeah. up against, like, it, it was so bad. And we had, I had stock money in this game. It was a game they had in hand. They were covering most of the game. And then that defense just decided to stop playing. And I've seen it way too many times this year against the Packers. That was worrying some. That was a game Taylor made for them to win in the snow with Derrick Henry. You'd think it'd be a physical game where you could push the Packers around. That didn't happen. This team stinks they're very overrated i think the ravens right now are playing as well as anyone in the afc you minus that covid game they're running the ball really well which travels in the playoffs so they can match the titans if it comes down to a burn clock game mar jackson's figured it out this is a good team i think the, the, the ravens are going to be the one of the teams that has a chance to knock off the chiefs it's going to be the ravens or the bills and i think if they met right now i think the ravens beat the bills but uh it's gonna that that game I think is gonna be a blowout. That I don't think it's gonna be. Yeah. Close. I'm taking the Ravens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I agree with everything there, and it's very weird because last year the Titans had a good defense, mm-hmm. and it was a really it was really it was really a strong factor for their team. And then you look at them, and they're like, dude, they they're like a smash mouth football team. Yeah. You know, they got Mike Vrabel. They run the ball, and they have a great defense. Oh, just kidding. Actually, watch them for once, and their defense is horrendously bad. It's like they. I remember um, the reason I figured this out because uh, I don't I, mean, I don't watch the Tennessee Titans uh, and uh, it was like the week eight and then I saw a graph and it was like every quarterback's uh, trajectory 
and they get just like a bump every time they play the Titans. You like every time a quarterback goes against the Titans, all of a sudden they're a world beater. And it's like, huh, maybe that's a trend. And then you actually watch him for once, and it's like, dude, secondary is not very good. Uh, Jarrell Casey was one of their premier D linemen, and they got him. Uh, they sent him over to Denver. It's like these this, these guys. Their defense is not good. And, yeah, like you said, I think the Baltimore, they have flown pretty under the radar this year because they haven't been as good as last year. Um, you know, Lamar Jackson is not an MVP. He, we we kind of know that he's just a really good quarterback week in and week out. He's not like this, uh, you know, the spectacle anymore. But they still destroy teams, and I think it uh, – I, I agree. I mean, I'm seeing – Baltimore minus three right now, and I'm like, man, I might have to I hammer that because I, that. Yeah. yeah, because I don't think I don't think the Tennessee really has a prayer winning this game, and it's also like, yes, Derrick Henry has a billion rushing yards this year, but like when it comes to pure just like rushing uh, schemes and offensive schemes, I think the Ravens is better. I just think you know Derrick Henry is no, just a specimen. Yeah. They the, the the Titans offense though I, I will give them credit for here. So this is the one thing they are legit. Their Titans offense is good. They are one of three teams this year to average thirty points, and the other two are the Packers and the Chiefs. So they're right up there with the good offenses. But like you would think of them as like a smash mouth football team, they're really not. They're more of a yeah. finesse team, which I don't think is going to travel well. And they I, I will say this too, they are very lucky to be hosting this game because that might help a little bit. Because if they, the Colts. Week I think it was week 12. If they were not missing Jonathan Taylor and DeForest Buckner in that game, I think they would have lost that and they would not have won the division. Like It came down to that game and they caught the Colts at the right time. Because just two weeks prior to that, the first time they played on the Thursday night, we saw what happened with the fully healthy Colts team. But then they caught a very injured Colts team that second time around. And uh, that helped them win the division. Because if it wasn't for that, there's no way they, they won that. They I don't think. I think the Colts are a better roster between the two. Anyway, enough about the stupid Tennessee Titans. Uh, we'll go to the <laughs> NFC. Rams, Seahawks. And this is one. I, you know what? I will say that I think John Wolford, I cannot believe I'm saying this, he gave him another dynamic to that offense that the Rams has not had. I think Jared Goff's going to be back. But he played better than I thought. He looked confident in there. I think the guys bought into him. He can move around a little bit. The defense is very good. This And then you're facing a Seahawks team, which another thing I'm surprised to say, because Russell Wilson for the first couple weeks of the season, MVP candidate, they've been a horrible passing offense. They rank at the yeah. bottom of the league. They've looked like dog. The, the Rams already slowed them down once. And a game they should have won that week 16. I mean, if we're being Yeah, honest. yeah, they should have won. Good head Garrett coach. Garrett is playing hurt, yeah. I think the Rams win this one. What's Yeah, the- no... I agree. It's kind of the Seahawks have been a very strange team to witness this year because you kind of thought that they were going to be like, you know, Chiefs Packer S with an mm-hmm. amazing offense and a, just a horrendously bad defense. I mean, that secondary, you could throw any quarterback in there, save maybe Carson Wentz, uh, and he would have lit up the Seahawks defense. Um, and it was happening. And then the defense really turned it around. You know, they said they almost switched roles. Here. Yeah, yeah, they switch roles, and now they, then they lose to the Giants, and then they could barely score. Now, I will say, the Rams this year were the top-ranked defense in the NFL. I think they have done a phenomenal job. Dude, Jalen Ramsey is averaging 20 yards per game given up. That's incredible, Damn. especially in this passing attack. Um, and, I mean, the only reason the Rams lost that Week 16 game is because Jared Goff, like, hurt his thumb, and they couldn't put up more than, you know, nine or whatever how many points they had. Uh, and I'm they should have scored twice. On the, they should have scored on the goal line, 
And then yes. there's one they should have kicked the field goal and they didn't. So like, yeah, that that was one they should have won. Like, playing playing with a broken thumb, like, it's, it's yeah. kind of difficult. No, I throw. will say though, I will say though, it's Russell Wilson in the playoffs, man. You can never count that man that out. That's why I'm not I'm not too overly confident in the Rams. But I think it would be very fitting end to this tumultuous year for the Seahawks to just kind of lose from the first round to a division rival. Yeah, feels like a poetic justice a little bit. Uh, I'm not going to pick this next game because I think I know who's going to win, but I refuse to pick against my team. Let me just say this to the Bears. That was the most depressing playoff clinch I think I've ever seen, where you just got beat down by the Packers in a game that, like, you had your chances. You kind of let it slip away from you. And then to, like, you have to limp into the playoffs after losing to the Packers like that. Uh, it, you know, not not good. Mitch Trubisky looked horrible. The, the first time he's played, like, a competent defense with a pretty good secondary he looked bad. Uh, I mean, or not bad, but he didn't do anything special. David Montgomery, for all you Trubisky truthers out there, and I want him to do well. Me fellow, we fellow Mitches need to stick together. But David Montgomery <laughs> has been the reason that season has turned around. Not Mitch Trubisky. So let's make that clear. But uh, yeah, you think I know? I, I I think you all pretty much know who I would take in this game, but I'm not going to say it. So bear down. Hopefully, we can pull off the, <laughs> the Vikings did it last year, so why can't we? Watching the Bears coaching offense, defense, and special teams wants to make me vomit. And I watched Drew Locke for 16 games this year. Um, I mean, it's just, I mean, first of all, David Montgomery, great running back. It's a true shame. He didn't get the ball for a year and a half. Uh, the play calling is horrible. The, Mitch Trubisky is like, he's like a tricycle. He's like a tricycle, dude. He's like got training wheels on. And then all of a sudden you hit an incline of six inches, it's like, well, we got nothing. Sorry. If you want me to actually throw somewhere besides my first read, who's open with my elite receiver, Allen Robinson, yeah, I can't do it. Sorry. Uh, oh, you want 20 points? No, sorry. Can't do it. Oh, unless we're playing Jacksonville. Then I can I can toss it into triple coverage only once uh, a half and uh, put up some points. Yeah, man. I mean, I, it's a shame. I wish the Cardinals were in the playoffs. Um yeah, I mean, this this team, and I think the thing that, like, is frustrating watching this team the most is that, like, they have talent. They have a lot of really good players, but I think especially the biggest disappointment for me was Chuck Pagano, man. I mean, mm -hmm. dude, like, you have to have a better game plan. You can't just throw out some cookie-cutter defense that would maybe work against Matt Stafford. You're playing Aaron Rodgers. you got to do something different. I mean, I've, I've seen... You know, the Broncos this year, they slowed down Patrick Mahomes. They didn't win, but they slowed him down because they had a game, a quarterback-specific game plan and that, like, these are his strengths, and we need to neutralize that the best we can. I know it's difficult. I didn't expect them to win this game. But, dude, you got Danny Trevathan on a slot receiver? Come on, do better than that. There, 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 surely there can be something that you can do to try and limit this passing attack. Uh, I think the Saints kick the crap out of them. Uh, the Saints' defense is top tier in the NFL. Yeah. And Drew Brees has been looking better. Alvin Kamara is going to get 800 rushing yards. And it's a wrap for the 8-8 eight and eight Bears. And I think it should be a wrap for Mitchell Trubisky. Well, now, let me just say, they'll play devil's lad here. The Bears played like <laughs> ass against the Saints earlier this season. And they still took him to overtime with Nick Foles in there, who refused to move his feet in the pocket. Uh, so, you know what, if the defense, it's going to come down to the defense. I think offensively, yeah. we can well, move the ball and like that you can't, the saints are good, but like, can the defense like step up and play the way they're supposed to losing Roquan last week hurt? 
Uh, that, yeah. that was a big loss. And we were missing two guys in our secondary. Do Jay, does Jalen Johnson come back? Does uh, Buster Screen come back? That would help. Yeah. But, yeah. I think, you know, I, I was a little harsh on the Bears. And obviously, I have like, like Akeem Hicks is a top-tier guy. They have yeah. a lot of really good players. I just feel like each individual player and each unit as a whole just has a ceiling. And if you ask them to go above and beyond that ceiling, you it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah, the offense can do some tricks, and they can get David Montgomery some rushing yards. They can get a deep ball Allen Robinson. But if, like, if you want to go above the expectation, like, you're just not going to get it. Same with the defense. Like, they can hold them for a little bit, give them an offense a chance to win for a little bit. But if you ask them to do more than that, it, there you're going to lose. Could be some bad blood, too. I mean, Keem Hicks didn't like how his tenure with the Saints ended, and obviously you have the uh, the whole Javon Wims scenario. Yeah, that's going to be so funny. And it's also match. funny, too, because it's on the Nickelodeon, yes. like, uh, featured. It's going to be like SpongeBob and Patrick, like, watching an all-out brawl. It's like throw helmets, If it becomes punches. a blowout, I might have to turn that on and just see what it is because I'm very interested in how that's going to Yeah, I think it's going to be hilarious. Hey, as long as we get um, Sweet Victory at halftime. I'd be happy with it. That'd be, that'd Next, be last sick. game to pick. I actually must say. It sounds crazy. This was the toughest one for me to decide between, between Tampa Bay and the Washington football team. This Washington football team, you watch out in the next couple of years. If they get a quarterback in there, like the quarterback they want, like they, Terry McLaurin, they got some pieces. This defense is legit. Like that, They're going to be uh, – um, now I'm blanking on the name. Chase Young. Chase Young, yeah. Chase Young, Montrez Sweat, they can get after the quarterback. Chase Young's one of my new favorite players in the NFL. That guy's just he's a high-energy guy. Every time I watch him, he's making an impact play. Like, there's never a game where you don't notice Chase Young on the field. So I, I think he's emerged already with top, easily a top-five pass rusher in this league right now. Uh, you know, Alex Smith doesn't turn it over, and they move the ball. I think they can keep it close, but it's hard to pick against Tom Brady, who's the GOAT. They're, they're playing, I mean... I guess not the goat. I shouldn't say that, but many people consider him the goat. If you want to go down that road, <laughs> um, but like he's for thirty six. He he is far from washed. He is playing so well yeah. right now. It helps that he finally has some weapons. I think they figured it out in Tampa. The defense is still good enough to keep him in game. So I think if they win and they face the Packers, that'll be a very interesting matchup. Uh, well, I guess they'd face the lower seed, but uh, Tampa Bay that that'd be. That I, it's going to be an interesting game. I think Tampa Bay will win it though. In the I think it's going to be like what you said earlier with the Colts Bills, where it's going to be close at halftime, and then Tampa will just have a little bit too much firepower because the Washington has a tough time scoring, and they will pull away at the end. Yeah, no, I, I, you know what, I, I agree that I think this is going to be a little bit closer than people think. I saw a lot of people on Twitter saying that this is going to be. Uh, you know, a blowout uh, and such like that. But here's one thing. I think the the football team can win this. I think they can win this. Mm-hmm. And because here's the reason why. When you look at Tom Brady, he is not washed. I think I think that is, far that is uh, yeah, he's far from it. Uh, I, I, I like to think so. But if you look at the teams that he has lost to, you look at they lost to the Bears on that Thursday night game. Uh, which when you thought the Bears were good, uh, they lost to the Saints twice. They lost to the Rams, and then they lost to the Chiefs. Now the Chiefs, I give them a little bit of a pass for it's the Chiefs. But then you look at the Bears, Saints, 
and the Rams. What do those three teams have in common? Very good pass rush. That is you true. You look at Tom Brady's stats. You look at Tom Brady's stats. He's obviously, I don't know, he's probably, he's probably like six or seven when it comes to like QBR, pass rating. When he is under pressure, it is bottom 30 in the league. It is very bad. It is a drastic drop. And I think, and the biggest reason is, and you saw that when the Broncos against, sorry, I keep bringing up the Broncos when they're definitely out of the playoffs. Uh, but you look at uh, when the Broncos won the Super Bowl, the key is pressure Tom Brady. And that has accelerated even more so because he's just gotten older. And I think that's, that is the way that they can win this game. I, I think that if they keep pressuring Tom Brady, because look, the last three weeks, like you, they played the Falcons, the Lions, the Falcons and the Vikings, mm-hmm. and they just and, and they beat them all handily. Those are horrible defenses. The, the football team they got a great secondary and a really good pass rush, and I think it gives them a chance to win. Now, I think the fact that they seem pretty incapable of scoring over twenty four points is a concern because I think the Bucks defense is also pretty good. And man, and Dominican Sue and Shaq Barrett. That makes me fear for Alex Smith's life because yeah. oh, he, oh, the that Dominicans is do stomping on him on on yeah like I yeah. whenever he gets hit Alex Smith I'm like oh my goodness he might just die right now um, and There's that's gonna one, be who was it for the Eagles they dove at his leg when the guy jumped off sides and he went down for yeah him. even then it's yeah. like oh Jesus get up yeah Alex, it's get like. Up. But, yeah, I mean, Chase Young, he's a hungry dog, and it's like, look, we saw how good Joe Burrow was, and yet the fact that he went number two overall to a pass rusher just shows you how good Chase Young is. I mean, he's the third uh, highest-rated PFF rookie defender um, ever since they started. The first one uh, was Von Miller. second one was Alden Smith. Like, he's in good company with just his rookie season, and I think he gives them a chance. I would not – put money on them to win but i would put money on them to cover if that uh, makes sense yes now i wouldn't put money on either this one's yeah that's a tough one to, 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 no i'm not to, i'm not actually gonna bet no on no it, i know like, you, i know exactly what you're saying i know exactly yeah. what you're saying yeah no that'll be an interesting game before that i, I want to get to one last topic but before we do so uh, you know i know you've been avoiding us because of the baker thing uh, you didn't want to admit you're wrong but i'm gonna admit i was wrong <laughs> on something the packers are pretty good I said they were frauds. Yeah, they're not. No, they're, they're a good team. They're, they're a good not team. frauds. I still they're contend. Not frauds. I don't think they're going to the Super Bowl. I stand by that. But they, they Aaron Rodgers is going to win the MVP. They, they Devonte. Yeah, and this was no pre, the, the fact that he's so like in sync with Devonte Adams with no preseason, and they just seem to get better as the season goes along. Like eesh. yeah, they're, they're, I mean, dude, eighteen touchdowns, good. man, that's crazy. Watching him, the ease he picked apart that Bears defense, and he looks so calm back there, even when he has pressure. In his yeah, face, just to, it's so easy. Like you just assume yeah. they're gonna score every time, and like when the Bears made a stop, they forced a punt. You were like surprised that they didn't score a touchdown. Like that's why. Like, yeah, I, my, every year I was arguing with my dad. They were like, "Oh, you got to take the points here on this drive." It's like you're facing Aaron Rodgers. A field goal is not doing you any good. He's like you kind of got to go for it because I'm just assuming they're gonna score the next drive. Yeah, that team, they look good. Yeah, they're, they're a good team. I was wrong on that. And I and they have the the PFF top rated corners, Jair Alexander. So like the defense, you know, I don't the think secondary defense is like better than people give them special. credit for. Yeah, yeah, no, that's yeah. Their whole defense is is you know because I think the Titans game because they're like oh they can't they can't defend the run. They are playing against Derrick Henry. They're gonna lose. Yeah, that didn't happen. They pretty they handled them pretty well. Well, if you get down, the key with the Packers is like you got to score early because you get into a shootout with Aaron Rodgers. Their secondary can hold up. Like Adrian Amos and. 
Darnell Savage. Like they got some dudes back there. It's yeah. like if you can and control I, clock and run the ball against them, then you have a chance to win. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's like it's kind of the same for the Chiefs. I, I thought it was metaphor with the Chiefs, but it's same with the Packers. It's like, you know, when you're driving, this is what's playing uh, Packers. is like, you know, have you ever driven, you know, like off a cliffside or something like that where your car is like six inches away from like miles and miles of a drop? And it's like you have no room for error. You cannot make a mistake. You have to score seven in the red zone. You cannot turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. You cannot have a three and out. There is no room for error. And then you got the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, and he's just in the, the Kramer from Seinfeld double, double wide highway. And they're like, oh, you know, if we don't make it on this fourth down, it's fine. We'll probably just score again. Why, why would we kick a field goal? Let's just go for it. We're going to get a touchdown. So like, that's what it feels like playing against the Packers and the Chiefs. It's true. Uh, Chiefs, though, I will say this. That's a team yes, that does Chiefs, not look yes. very good right now. Like, they haven't been playing no. all that great. The offense is really sputtering. Like, that Atlanta game should have been a blowout. And now you have Mahomes. Yeah, have two the weeks turnovers, of man. Yeah. And, it, and part of it might have been, my theory is, they were just bored at that point, And they're like, hey, you know, let's try some <laughs> trick plays. Let's get, let uh, Sammy Watkins fling one. And the th- th- Patrick yeah. Mahomes. So, maybe. But, we'll, yeah, we'll see there. Last time I want to get to, it was Black Monday. There was a lot of, uh, in the NFL, I should say. And a lot of coaches got the axe so if you're a head coach right now highly highly touted offensive guru i guess you'd be defense defensive guru marshall macaluso <laughs> here's the head coaching openings yes, and the guys that got fired you tell me which one you would take which one is the most attractive to you so we have the texans they fired bill o'brien obviously earned in the year you have the sean watson not a whole lot else not a first round draft pick the falcons and dan uh dan quinn got fired Still got Matt Ryan there, solid quarterback. There's some pieces. The Lions, Matt Patricia got fired there. The Jets, they fired Adam Gase, and that was quick. They did that as quickly as they could. Yeah. The Jaguars, Doug Marone, you're going to have the first overall pick, but uh, the owner, uh, Shahid Khan, kind of a nut. Yeah. Uh, Chargers fired Anthony Lynn, which was a little bit of a shock to me. Seven and nine season. I thought he's a pretty good head coach. He's only been there three years. Uh, so he got the ax. And then that is it. There's still two that are interesting. It, yeah. Zach Taylor. I think is going to keep his job. There was talk yeah, about he's, he's going to keep his job. To, uh, Doug Peterson, man, that was an ugly act. Yeah, the I'm Doug sure Peterson. Well, stay, the Doug but. Peterson before that last game, they said he was going to stay, and then afterwards, I mean, who knows? There's seems to be issues. Um, so yeah, who Jags, would I pick? Jets, uh, Lions, Falcons, uh, Texans. Who are you taking out of those five? I know who I, I would I'll take. Say, we'll see if we're in this agreement here. I will say not the the Lions and the uh, Falcons and the Jets. I do I want no part of. I will see. I will not be taking those jobs okay. as the defensive guru that I am. Um, I think the Texans is interesting because I think all it needs for them, they don't have a lot of talent. The defense is very good, but I did they, they desperately need a culture change. So I guess that's something that theoretically I could just improve instantly <laughs> as the great motivator that i am i mean hey man i get i get sigeps to talk to girls at parties so i'm a pretty good motivator you know what that is um, true like that he is an excellent motivator you should see some of the <laughs> uh, lack of social skills we have in this fraternity and then Mar- you know one pep talk from marshall there's people running through walls to <laughs> talk to women, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> talk talk to the girls um yeah i you know what i'm gonna go with dark horse though i'm going with the i'm going with the chargers going with the chargers yeah I think they have really good pass rush, a lot of good secondary pieces. Uh, you got Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler's pretty good. Uh, former uh, DuPage County person, uh, Justin Jackson. There you go. Give him a little shout out. Uh, and 
I think Justin Herbert is a phenomenal quarterback, and you don't have to develop him really. Like, or not like we still have to obviously develop him, but you're not drafting a rookie, and there's no question. And all all you got to do in the Chargers is just win games, and there's a lot of talent to do so. Yeah, you know what? This, I, you picked the right team. This one it was a no-brainer to me. The Chargers are such a talented team. They were better than the record shows. And you still have Derwin yeah. James out for the whole year. He'll be back. Brandon Ingram, their other pass rusher, he missed half the season. He'll be back. So yeah. him and Joey Bosa. Defensive side, you got some studs there. You get Derwin James, Joey Bosa, Ingram. Like that, there's some good pieces. And Justin Herbert, best rookie quarterback out of that class, which who would have thought beforehand? But this is an yeah, interesting nugget. Yeah. I, I heard that I don't know how true it is, but this is what just what I heard on the uh, on the radio that 4.0 student at Oregon, really smart kid, and apparently the offense they were running was not advanced enough and it wasn't challenging for him, enough for him, so it was like too easy. So when he got to the NFL, he was like already way ahead of the curve. He was like, yeah, this is more my speed. So you got to have a coach like offensively, and I think that's why they fired Anthony Lynn, that can challenge him and really push him because he yeah. is way ahead of the curve for a rookie. It was a great ball, still pretty mobile, and like you said, he's got weapons around him. Like that is a very yeah, they, talented they, there's team. No, the only glaring need they really have is offensive line, and like that, that's, a, that's a position group where I think if you look at all the teams that are in front of them in the draft, not a ton of them are looking to get an offensive line so they can get a premier pick. Um you know, the Jaguars are interesting because if I wanted to make that team my own, you definitely could because, you know, you got obviously you got Trevor Lawrence about to come in. You have a ton of cash space. Um, the thing is, though, and I was reading on the interwebs uh, that the owner, she Khan, is still wanting to get like final say in a lot of the personnel yeah. decisions. And, right there, and apparently that's a really big turnoff. Yeah, yeah oh, I agree. that's a big turnoff. Hey, yeah, so I'm Urban um, Meyer because I know they, they're interested in him. I I hear that. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah, like, he doesn't know football. But hey, if they they pay me twelve million dollars a year to get Trevor Lawrence and have him as my quarterback. You know, maybe that's not a maybe that's not a bad situation either. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think the Chargers. Although it's interesting because I saw they interviewed Jason Garrett today, so that makes me happy as a Broncos fan because yeah. I know be a horrible decision. That's see, that's gonna be interesting because I think the Broncos, like, I, I think they're smart for keeping Vic Fangio around, considering all the injuries and what they had to go yeah. through this year. And that's another team that's very talented. I think you're a quarterback away, or maybe even you have yeah. Drew Lock a preseason to get in sync with his guys. I'd, I'd still move on from them, but uh, that's another interesting team. And I think it's unfortunate for them that they're just as talented as the Chargers, and the Chargers have the quarterback figured out, so they're going to be getting good, yeah. right as the Chargers yeah. are. So right when you think, you, right when you could potentially get over the Chiefs hurdle, then you got uh, yeah, no, Justin Herbert to worry it's about. So that that's, that's tough. Rando from Oregon is so stinking good when you already, because yeah, like you said, it was like, oh, we just got to get over the Patrick Mahomes hump. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I guess it is the Justin Herbert hunt. Although we did beat him. We beat him once and we should have beat him a second time, but uh, tank, they Tankathon yes. was on. I'll be I, the one do uh, the one thing I do disagree with you with, uh, disagree with you with. I think the Texans job would be horrible because Deshaun Watson showed you this year that he can't carry a team by themselves. There's just too much help they need, and they don't have a draft pick this year. They already traded it. Yeah, I mean, that's too true. Much to worry I about. think I like the Falcons job would be my second choice. I think you got a good owner there. You still have a serviceable quarterback. I'm at Ryan. You add a couple. You need to add some pieces, but offensively, like they they can still score. I, they just I mean yeah, so many I times think... they just blow lead, and a lot of that's coaching. I think the Falcons, though, see, that's why the Falcons, they're like at a transition point or they're about to get to a transition point where like, dude, Matt Ryan ain't cutting it 
And he might be able to cut it 2021, maybe, maybe. But uh, you know, he. I mean, you're not you're not doing anything with Matt Ryan anymore. You know, they they don't they don't have the defense, they don't have the pieces around them. Uh, and that's why I think like the, the decisions, man. There's a lot of teams out there, including my own, the Broncos, where it's like, you know, are we trading to get one of these to, to you know Justin uh, Justin Fields? Are we are we getting Zach Wilson? I think there's a lot of decisions where the Chargers they kind of have it all made. So yeah, you know, we yeah, I that that. That's all we have for you this week. This is a weird episode where it's called Dorm Room Dispute. I think we and Marshall agreed on pretty much everything here. <laughs> there wasn't we much did. Dispute. I think we had we, we were in sync on literally every playoff pick. So, uh, yeah. All right. I'll, I'll go real quick, real quick. Right, we kind of did this for the NBA, and it proved me as the smartest man in America when I said that the Nuggets could beat the Clippers. All right. Obviously, you got the Chiefs, Packers, and Bills are kind of like the the top top teams. Who are you? Who who do you pick? Maybe not to win the Super Bowl, but like get that big upset. You had to pick one team. One team. See, I want to say Tampa is my dark horse, but that's not an upset if they beat Washington because they're favored. But I like think... you know, go make it to the Super Bowl or you know. Okay. Like yeah. I, okay. If you want a week one upset, the biggest upset potential for me, and I don't think it's going to happen, but the one for the biggest potential, I think, is Colts Bills, just because the Colts have a very good roster. If they can run it. So I think that's that is the almost upset of the week I, for me. I still don't think the almost gonna, upset. The almost upset. If there's going to be an upset, that's the one for me. If I have to go dark horse to the Super Bowl, uh, I'd probably go Tampa as a five seed. I think you know Tom Brady knows what he's doing. They got a ton of weapons on offense. And Ronald Jones can run the ball, and we already saw him once against the Chiefs, and they went toe to toe with them. And that's kind of the cream of the crop of the yeah. NFL. So I don't know how good of a dark horse that is, but they're the five seed, so I'm, I'm going Tampa Bay. All right, all right. I think you know what. All we all we love on the sports talk shows, you gotta get those hot takes in. I'm picking the football team beat the Buccaneers this week what I okay. think call me crazy call me a lunatic I haven't been on this show very much recently so I gotta get my hot takes on when I'm here dude I'll tell you one Nick Chubb and the Browns I think they could do something in this postseason I think that they've been playing inspirational football and I think Kevin Stavansky uh you know you give him you know just you gotta if you give him a, a, an idea it's like you gotta beat this one team you gotta drop a game plan to beat this one team, I think they could do it. I think they could do it. I think they could beat the Steelers and maybe get another game off, make it to the semis, get destroyed by the uh, the Chiefs or another. But uh, yeah, you know, you know, hot takes on hot takes. You know, who who thought the Nuggets were going to beat the Clippers, right? But I was the smartest man in America, as I said. Well, all right. Just to be clear, there you scored the dark horse, but you picked the Clippers that series. Let's not act like you were picking any upsets. I picked the Clippers, but I said that the Nuggets could beat them, and it happened. Therefore, you know, like insinuating will, my high IQ. We'll give it to That's like Patrick Mahomes throwing one of those little pop passes to Tyreek Hill. Technically, it's a touchdown pass, but let's be honest. He's really just, oh, that's a technicality touchdown pass. Yeah, well, oh. I, I will, we will give it to you. You did you did say they were a dark horse, and you didn't pick the Pacers in one damn series. <laughs> so, um, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you know what? I, well, I, I do think the Browns can beat them. I, the, will they? No. I think that's too much to overcome without a head coach. And that, that is, yeah, that is the thing. That is the thing is that Stefanski is the key and he's not in the building. So that could be, like we, I, I tell you what, give him a hazmat suit or something like that. Let him go in. Just, uh, just put him in a bubble or something like that. Something tells it that's like, sanitize it. 
sitting at his couch calling like the plays from the phone. Yeah, he'll just he'll just be on FaceTime or something like that. They could have you ever seen those like robots with like the, the FaceTime on them? They could have one of those going out there. That would be interesting. Get creative with it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That we are just about out of time. Thank you so much for listening. Uh catch us on the Unhinged Sports Network. We're Wednesdays at five o'clock. I guess you'll be listening to yes, it sir. then anyways. But uh yeah, spot we're on Apple Podcasts now. So yes, sir. Spotify, yes, sir. check us out. Apple Podcast, check us out. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful rest of your week.